This is the Round Robin Diplomacy Podcast with our sports lens on Singapore. I'm your host, Adi DeVaker. Our first story on Singaporean sports is a feature on Joan Poe, a frontline nurse from Singapore who was able to compete as the Lion City's only female rower. According to the New York Times, when the pandemic hit, she felt a calling to come back to work to help with the need for more hospital staff. Prior to that, she had been training full-time to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics, but the switch from training to working full-time did not stop her from tracing her Olympic dreams. What's remarkable is how she was somehow able to continue her Olympic-level training while working full-time. According to reports, she'd wake up at 5 a.m. to complete as much of a workout as she could before facing 10-hour shifts at the hospital. Not only would she then finish an already exhausting day to most, but she'd be back in the gym to do a masked workout, which she likened to doing oxygen deprivation exercises. Now that is exactly what an Olympic-level competitor does to compete at the highest level. Despite all the challenges you're presented with, you get up, you finish your workouts, and even if you're hungry, tired, or in pain. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the climate of the region, specifically with the humidity in Singapore and Australia, which are the areas she was able to train in the last few years, the regions are notoriously and unforgivingly humid. Athletes around the world travel to places like Florida or Denver, specifically for humidity or altitude training. Singapore and Australia happen to be the perfect training grounds for the heat and humidity athletes faced in Tokyo this summer. But despite trying to fit two workouts around a 10-hour shift at the hospital, Poe's drive to compete rests on a very humble and simple message. In her words, I understood from when I was young that sport is a luxury. To be able to pursue your dream is a luxury, and therefore, if you can, then you must. It's athletes like Poe that show the power that competition can bring to your personal life and goals. And it's incredibly inspiring to hear about someone who's dedicated their professional life to helping others and every other waking hour to her personal dreams. Let's talk about her Tokyo experience now. As a nurse, she knew firsthand the seriousness of health and safety protocols while competing in Tokyo. Her coach and her would apparently be the only ones on the bus and the mess halls to sanitize their seats, wipe down tables, and wear masks in all places. A true model citizen back in Singapore, but especially so in Tokyo. Out of the women's single skull final on July 30th, she placed fourth of six competitors. On the competition, Poe says, Everyone of us out there is giving 100%. It's just that everyone's 100% is different from the other person's 100%. Now, it should be no surprise that simply reaching the Olympic finals in any sport let alone making the Olympic team for your nation, is plenty to be proud about. Joan Poe carries this mentality back to Singapore, where she has spent time between her workouts on weekends to mentor and train a team of amateur women's rowers alongside the Singapore Rowing Association. This team could go on to compete in regional and annual world championships in the years to come, and would benefit enormously from Poe's international experience and the trainers that even train her, once lockdown measures start to open worldwide. Our second story follows another Singaporean water athlete, Joseph Schooling. You may remember him from the 2016 upset he delivered to Michael Phelps in the 100-meter butterfly finals, where Schooling won his first gold medal in 
Additionally, it became Singapore's first gold medal ever. The sports media loves to follow these sorts of stories, and there was heavy interest in schooling in the 2020 Olympics. Naturally, he qualified for the country and was able to compete in freestyle and butterfly heats. But unfortunately, he did not make it out of the quarterfinals in the butterfly, nor in his heat in the freestyle. It seems to be a trend worldwide for what we call in the U.S. the Monday morning quarterback to weigh in and criticize the world-class athletes that seem to fall short of our expectations. It happens here in the United States for sure, on a daily if not hourly basis year-round. But the depressing thing is, this is now a trend seen worldwide, including in Singapore. Our focus here is on the comments made by President Halima Yaqob defending these athletes from unfair criticism. She cited not only schooling's past success that made him worthy of Singapore's praise through thick and thin, but the surge of online abuse of the three English players following the Euro loss to the recent criticisms of Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles, and other athletes who seem to fall short of whatever expectations the public has of them. One important documentary that people should see on Netflix is their series called Losers. Our society pays so much attention to winners and how their path to success is something to emulate. Rarely do we pay attention to second place or fourth place in the case of the Olympics. It's usually the case that these athletes are the ones that worked harder, had to overcome a lack of pure athleticism or skill with hard work and extra hours. Losers on Netflix is a good place to start to see what it takes to come back from nearly winning it all. I should state that I'm not sponsored by the series or Netflix. I just know that it's a solid, mind-sharpening lesson that all athletes and non-competitors should focus on more. Because the old adage is true, there can only be one winner. But then clearly not everyone can be a winner. So it makes sense to expand the definition of what it takes to be a champion.